welcome to the Oscars. Congratulations. Congratulations to everyone who's nominated. And here are the nominees for Best Director. And now, here are the nominees for Original Screenplay. Here are the outstanding nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role. Here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a leading role. So here are the nominees for Best Picture. And the winner is Sally Field in Places in the Heart. The first time I didn't feel it, but this time I feel it. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for putting me through what you put me through. But I'm here and I'm happy. <laughs> um, I just want to, oh, here we go. Okay, uh, the studio, I love you, and Cameron Crowe, and uh, Tom Cruise, I love you, brother. And the Academy Award for Best Picture. La La Land. <laughs> What did you do? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Holmes Movies Podcast. Uh, this is another one of our alternative Oscars episodes, or as we like to call it, the Adders, the Anders and Adamy Awards. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a tongue twister, that one, but yeah. Yeah, try saying that when you're drunk. Is that as Okay, I think I probably made I mean, that. I think people probably assume that we are drunk when we make this, but we're not, usually. Yeah. I think I did make that joke on another episode. So. Well, yeah, and as you're you're not known for your uh, improvisational comedy. No, um, no, I, um, I, I'm no. <laughs> exactly. You like, a sounded a bit like I sounded a bit like Emperor Palpatine for a second. It's like no, no. I don't want to talk about Emperor Palpatine. I'm still angry about the the last Skywalker or whatever the fuck it was called. Somehow Skywalker. The Emperor survived. Yeah. I mean, talking about like AI generated. That's I mean, what a lazy bit of okay, we're not going down that street. You see, this is what happened. You bring up Palpatine and we don't have time today. Yeah, yeah, but 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 just talking about like AI generated material, that screenplay does feel like an AI generated. Doesn't thing. it just? Doesn't it just? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Does does John does go AI to show Abrams. that just does goes to show that uh, AI is JJ Abrams, AI Abrams, AI, AI Abrams. <laughs> it is I, AI Abrams. Uh, anyway, mm. so on this episode, we are going to be looking at the 32nd Academy Awards that was held in uh, April 4th, 1960, at the RKO Pantages, Pantages Theater in Hollywood, Pantages? Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah, Pantages Theatre, Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. Again, hosted by Bob Hope. Fucking Bob uh, Hope, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he he hosted more than Billy Crystal did. I think he hosted like 11 times. Like, he does seem to be popping up in a lot of the episodes that we've been doing so far. Yeah, seriously. I mean, and there's probably loads of listeners who have no idea who Bob Hope even is. Um, So, yeah. uh, he Yeah, Bob Hope. Here he is again. So LA, the Pantages Theatre, I feel like that's come up again. The Pantage, Pantage, Pompage, I don't know. Pantage um, Theatre. The, so this feels very kind of run-of-the-mill Hollywood, um, mid-century, um, you know, shindig. Uh, any any weird shit happen at these Oscars that you discovered? I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing really weird happened at the Oscars. I mean, it, 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 judging from like reading in the book that I got from you for Christmas, it says like the 19... 19- 59 academy awards was a chariot race between sex and religion the only two things pr- profit- profitable on screen that year yeah it's not a great year for film 59 is it when you look at it i mean it's not, not like not a, really 
it's not a terrible year. There's some great movies that come out. But yeah, I guess the, the weirdest thing that happens at the Oscars, which that passage just alluded to, is the fact that Ben-Hur runs away with 11 uh, statuettes. And yeah. not just technical Oscars. It wins two acting awards and the and Best Director. And, and Best, Best Picture. Yeah. So it's kind of... It's kind of interesting that that happens. I mean, swords and sandals, right? That's a genre that exists, but it feels like it exists for a very limited time in very specific places. It sort of pops up here and there. It pops up mm. in the in the silent era. There's a Ben Hur. There's a Ten Commandments, and then it kind of goes a bit quiet. And then in the yeah. 50s, suddenly, there's this proliferation of swords and sandals films like this one uh like the robe like quo vadis and spartacus then, yeah and it sort of goes into the 60s with spartacus and fucking cleopatra of course um it feels like cleopatra kind of kills it but then it goes away but then it sort of re- it, it gets reignited as um these kind of campy slightly erotic uh things in italy in the 60s and i think 70s and then it goes away again and then finally you get the modern swords and sandals which is like gladiator and the hbo show rome which i think also slightly bleeds into game of thrones because game of thrones kind of does both the medieval thing and a little bit of sort of quasi roman stuff in the early well, i mean season. i mean i mean don't forget we did have troy in 2004 as well and- troy of course yeah yeah of course so so yeah and um the, but yeah swords and sandals it's a weird thing ben-hur is a weird thing because ben-hur was written as a novel by Lou Wallace, the Civil War general who became a politician and a writer. And um, he was actually the governor of New Mexico who ordered the killing of Billy the Kid, if you can believe that. Um, Oh, that's why I know the name. I was wondering... Right. So <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, I was sort of like when I saw when I was looking it up on Wikipedia and IMDb, it was like Lou Wallace. Where have I heard that name before? It was like, oh, the governor of New Mexico and Billy the Kid and all that. Okay, that's how I yeah, know. Yeah, played by Jason Robards in a film in a scene that was edited out of the original cut of Batman and Billy the Kid. Um, Wait, he, I mean, I've seen a cut where he's actually in Batman and Billy the Kid. Yeah, that's in the restored. But I don't know. There's so the, the Batman and Billy the Kid is like fucking Blade Runner. It feels like there's no definitive version of it. Um, but and it feels like every time I see it, it looks different. But he writes this book that's about a guy called Judah Ben Hur who um, gets embroiled in this revenge plot with his old friend, who's a Roman guy, and his then, boyfriend. I will say. Yeah, right. There's a lot of there's quite a bit of homoerotic tension in yeah, that, that film. That's in the film. I don't know about the book. I don't know how. I don't know about the book, but in the film, that was something. I don't know if that was like uh, that was kind of written into the screenplay by one of the writers who wasn't credited and not won an Oscar. And apparently, like some people brought that up, and then William Wyler was like, "Don't ever tell Chuck Heston what it's all about, or he'll f- or no." Oh, so he said, "Sorry, don't ever tell Chuck Heston what it's all about, or he'll fall apart." That's what he said. Right. So Charlton Heston didn't know, but everyone else did. But I don't think Lou Wallace wrote it. Because the other thing about Ben-Hur, the weirdest thing about Ben-Hur, is that it takes place while the events of the Bible are happening around it. So like New Testament. In between, um, yeah, not like Noah's Ark and shit like that. But um, around all these scenes, there's sometimes like Jesus just randomly shows up and then they go to the crucifixion at the end. And it's like, makes no fucking sense what when you watch the movie. What are you doing? Like it's so bizarre. 
Um, and it doesn't it doesn't need to be that. And it's sub the book is subtitled A Story of the Christ. I'm like, well, he's barely in the fucking films. I was like, I haven't read the book, obviously, but I'm just like, why if it's a story of the Christ, why isn't he more of a character? Like what and I don't it's like it doesn't feel like necessarily a big Christian parable of any kind. Um Well, I mean, there's this whole thing about like love and forgiveness and everything like that, but it's but never there is no forgiveness he could if you like really dies. look into the film with like a real fine tooth comb maybe that's what the movie's about and then having like this whole parable of jesus and the crucifixion and all that sort of stuff but it doesn't it, it does feel very irrelevant to the to what the film is actually yeah, it's, about. it's literally it literally the crucifixion of jesus fucking christ is like an irrelevant sidebar in this film it's like how did they let this happen it's like if you're going to have a film that features the crucifixion like I can think of a few examples. Surely you're going to make it the main. Like what? It's it feels like they just it's sort of they walk in on it basically. They're like, oh, well, that was a fun chariot race. Oh, what's happening over there? Like you know, it's... I know him. He gave me water once. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Brian, and so's my wife. Um, <laughs> it's. I mean, you could really feel like Ben Hur really influenced life of Brian <laughs> in so oh, many ways. I think I was just actually as you were saying that. I I think it. I think it totally did, but. So Ben-Hur, weird film, runs away with 11 Oscars. Why don't we go back in time um, in our Oscar, Oscar-y yeah. time machine and go and sort this mess out? Um, because it might deserve a couple of Oscars, but it does not deserve 11. Let's just say that. It deserves it for all the sort of technical stuff because that chariot race scene is glorious. Oh, it's brilliant. You know what? I had a Latin teacher at school. <laughs> really relatable story here. Uh, I, had a, I had a Latin teacher at my prep school called Mr. Dalrymple. And Mr. Dalrymple, as an end-of-term treat, used to put on... There's nothing to do with Latin, but he used to put on the just the chariot race scene from um, Ben-Hur. And, oh, it's amazing. But I tell you what, just... I, I know this is possibly boring everyone, but um, the silent movie version of Ben-Hur... I've never seen the whole thing, but I've seen the chariot race scene from that, and I've seen the naval battle from that. And both of those scenes in the silent version are nuts. So, like, seriously, like, it's like, and I think, I think something like a hundred horses died in the uh, in the chariot race run, and like, there were lots of like injuries in the naval battle, and it just feels like totally out of control. But yeah, um, no I mean, horses had, had... were harmed in the making of the '59 version, were they? I don't, uh, I don't think so. A lot of people said like, "Oh, a stunt guy died during the film," but apparently that wasn't. That was like some urban legend to do with the film. Um, but I feel but like there I was mean, a guy. There, oh yeah, that is an urban legend. But there was a guy who. There was that like accident where he fell. Like there is an incredible stunt where the guy like falls off, and it's not entirely um, deliberate, right? I think something. so. Yeah, I don't. Well, really, I, 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 I talk about fucking boring. Okay, let's let's award some alternative Oscars. Well, I mean, I mean, I was just reading up about it. It's like Joe Canut, who's Yakima Canut's son, and Yakima Canut did direct the whole sequence. He, there was a near. That's fatal. right, he did. Also, a, Miklos Rosa, one of the great pieces of music scoring yeah. for that scene. Anyway, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, there was a real. There was a near fatal accident where Yakima Canut's son was tossed into the air, and he incurred a minor shin injury jesus i mean yeah. those canucks really knew how to do stunt work i mean um, look i mean look in stagecoach where you know he goes under the the actual stagecoach in that in that scene that's still that, hair raising when you watch that now yeah. yeah i mean john i mean he came i mean you keep a canuck came up to john ford and said can we do it again and then john ford was like no <laughs> you fucking kidding me yeah 
I'm not going to risk getting your arm broken. But like, I mean, yeah, I mean, looking at like Ben Hur and looking at that scene and everything, it's like that was that is just glorious, breathtaking cinema. If you know, I think that is just amazing. Like all the work that went into it, all the weeks of filming and just the the, the stuff that they did in post production as well, and also the fact there's no music in that sequence is just just the entrance bit from Nicholas Rosa, I guess. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, but it's incredible, and it's just. I mean, and it was all filmed in Rome at Cinecitta, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was Didn't all filmed. Sergio in... Leone always used to claim that he was involved, and then they realized that he that's just total bullshit. Yeah, apparently he uh, what's yeah he did like um, yeah he was like a senior assistant director, and he did a lot of second unit stuff, and he did a lot oh, of okay. Things. So he was okay. That's fine. Sorry, I didn't mean to disparage. Him. I think he took I a lot. Like, of... no, I do feel like he claims greater credit for the film than than is necessarily. Yeah, but I I do feel like a lot of the credit goes to Andrew Martin and uh, Yuki McKnut. Yeah. I believe you are right. Um, anyway, so we should really go back and uh, and start the alternative Oscars. Um, but before people just decide that they've had enough Ben Hur chat, um, yeah, should we do like the cinematography one that we usually do? Like, the, yeah, okay. The... So there were two cinematography Oscars. There was best cinematography black and white and best C- cinematography color. Robert Surtees won it for best cinematography color for Ben Hur, and best cinematography black and white was William C. Meller for the, the the Diary of Anne Frank, the George Stevens film. I have not seen the Diary of Anne Frank, but that was another big film this year, wasn't it? Yeah, Shelley Winters. Well, spoilers, she won Best Supporting Actress for the film. Right. Um. So, best black and white cinematography. Um. Do you want to just? Well, hang on, this is a good year for film. You realize the 400 Blows came out this year? Yeah, it was. I would have definitely... I feel like 400 Blows missed out on a few nominations. It should have got a few. So, in terms of black and white cinematography, if you want to do it that way, um, my personal vote would be for Day of the Outlaw, directed by Andre de Toth, which is a, a Western with Robert It's a really Ryan. good film. I saw that recently. It was really good. Yeah, so that would be the one I would give it to if I was doing... Uh, black and white cinematography and if i was doing color cinematography i'd probably fuck it i probably would give it to ben Hur. you know i mean it is it is really well made yeah so okay so ben Hur gets to keep that one and um you know it's so fucking stupid about ben Hur. sorry to keep going back to this but it's like being in a war long periods of boredom punctuated by moments of terror like the best bits of Ben Hur, as you say, are like amazing, and then so much of it is just like, what are we doing? Like, it's so boring. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I feel like the first like half of the film is pretty good, and then everything like up, 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 building up to the chariot race is fine, but then everything after the chariot race. Oh, after the chariot race, the film goes up a cliff. It is so boring after the chariot race, and it just needs to end, and it doesn't. And chariot race is is a climactic scene, and there's like another hour of movie. Like, what the. F- fuck is that it's it's i was i mean even i was like how much of this film is left it's like just it was i was just going to the point it was like i'll just put him on the cross and just end it already jesus (laughs) and yeah jesus right um okay so it gets best cinematography next award uh best art direct art direction color that went to ben-hur are we doing best art direction? We don't do best art direction, do we? Okay, we don't. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll skip art direction. It went to Anne art. Frank, and uh, there was best art direction, color, and then can we just lump it in. Can we just lump it in under cinematography and say, yeah, Day of the Outlaw and Ben Hur. That's yeah. for good-looking movies. Okay, and if you haven't seen Day of the Outlaw, by the way, you should see it because it's a really good western. It's a really good western. Very good. 
Uh, best best sound went to Ben Hur to Franklin Milton. That's hard to argue with that. He won three Academy Awards. He won for this uh, Grand Prix, the John Frankenheimer race film, and uh, how race. What? He likes a race. Yeah. Uh, and, how the West was uh, won? Did you say? Yeah, he won a he won an award for How the West was won. Can't believe that film won any Oscars. Okay. Um, next category. Uh yeah, Miklas. Uh, what? How do you say his name? Miklas Rosa. 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 Yeah, he won an Oscar for uh, best scoring of a dramatic or comedy picture. Again, and we're supposed to be taking Oscars away from Ben Hur, but the music in Ben Hur is really good. It so is good. I, yeah. It, I, I mean, don't know if it, you want to. If you want to throw any, you know, actually, you know, someone who really could have been nominated uh, is Bernard Herrmann for yeah. Northwest. Yeah, that was amazing. But I have to say, um. You know, it's really good. Ben Hur, the music is really good. Yeah, it uh, is. I'm happy to. I mean, I'd be happy to keep it that way. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, best foreign language film went to the uh, Marcel Camus uh, film Black Orpheus, which I still haven't seen. It's on the the Criterion Channel at the moment. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but I think yeah. this is a bullshit category, so we should move on. Yeah, Denmark was nominated this year. Oh, what what for? It was a film called Paw. It's also known as Paw? Boy of... Yeah, P-A-W, Paw. It's also known as Boy of Two Worlds. It's basically the synopsis... It sounds like a film that would come out, like, now. <laughs> yeah, it's basically... It's like a body horror film. It's like, it's like there's a boy who grows a paw and uses it to maul people in Finland. Yeah, it was directed by Astrid uh, Henning Jensen. Great name. The film is basically about it's. It, this is the synopsis. It's uh, a boy from the Caribbean affected by the deaths of his parents and maiden aunt escapes to the Danish forest. That sounds awesome. Yeah. What the, why have we never seen this film? Yeah. It's it's. Uh, it also has. A, I've 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 rented it on uh, Apple TV. I haven't watched it yet, but apparently it has a little bit to do with racism. Do you mean it's a very racist film, or it's a film that? Talks about racism. Well, it, it talks about racism, but it's like the boy is prejudiced. To, like a woman is quite up in the film is very prejudiced towards the boy and stuff like that. Oh, so it's a, it's it's oh god, it sounds so cringeworthy. Look yeah. at the poster. Jesus, he's yeah. got a little fox on his shoulder. The boy from the Ur forest and his meeting with Denmark. Good grief! I am putting this on my watch list with certain. <laughs> Amounts of trepidation. Okay, um, moving on because we don't agree with that category. So, yeah. also, I am a bit surprised that Hiroshima Monomora or and also the Four Hundred Blows did not get any Best Foreign Language Film nominations. Yeah, we're going to come to the Four Hundred Blows. Don't worry, it yeah. will get it. Have It'll you have it. you have you seen Hiroshima Monomora? No, it's very good. because well because last year at Marie and Bad was so weird and I heard what Hiroshima Monomore is even weirder so I'm still a bit like <laughs> okay I'm still a little gearing up to it it's not as it's weird not... no it's very it's a lot more accessible than last year at Marie and Bad yeah I mean there that that's not hard I mean last year <laughs> was fun and all but like Jesus Christ, my head hurt after that film um yeah it was an interesting film yeah you could go back and listen to us talk about it on one of the episodes <laughs> Yes, and to lighten the mood, we talked about 48 Hours, the Eddie Murphy film, alongside Roxanne, it. Yes. You don't have to put on a red line. 
Uh, yes. So best screenplay based on material from another medium or best adapted screenplay. That went to the Jack Clayton film, Room at the Top. Okay. So not yeah. Ben Hur. No, Ben Hur did not win an Oscar to Carl Thunberg. And, uh, but apparently like, apparently like Gore Vidal and a bunch of other screenwriters are, are, are like, added to the screenplay but they weren't nominated they didn't like get a credit or anything according to the to the book that i have and i think gore vidal did add in a lot of the sort of homoerotic subtext mm. um yeah so i tell you what's a really good adapted screenplay is uh our man in havana uh which was adapted from the graham green novel uh, and um oh it's terrific and the person who did the well it was actually graham green did his own wouldn't it be great if Graham Greene had won an Oscar? He adapted his own thing. I would like to give it to Graham Greene. Yeah. Sold? Yeah, I'd definitely say. I mean, uh, I mean, I would either give it to give it to some like it hot because the screenplay in that is pretty damn good. But that's not an adapted screenplay. That's an original screenplay. Well, it's based on a material of another medium. It is based on a short story. Oh, is it? Fuck. Okay, then give it to some like it hot. Yeah. Yeah. Either that, or I, I started watching uh, Anatomy of a Murder, which is a courtroom drama by Otto Preminger, which is actually quite long, isn't it? It's quite long, but it's very good so far. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm happy to, let's say some, some like it, obviously. Yeah. Original so, screenplay? Yeah, so best original screenplay, so best story and screenplay written directly for the screen. That went to Pillow Talk, which was one of the uh, Doris Day Rock Hudson films. Okay, this one should go to the 400 Blows. Yeah, Thelma Ritter won her fifth nomination of, for an Oscar nomination for this film. Which one? Pillow Talk. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so the other nominations were The 400 Blows to Francois Truffaut and Marcel Moussy. Oh, so, uh, so he was nominated? Yeah, he was nominated. Okay. I think he should have got, I think the film should have gotten more like acting and directing or something. Uh, Ernest Lehman got a nomination for North by Northwest. Hmm. Uh, Operation Petticoat, that Tony Curtis and Cary Grant submarine comedy film, that got a nomination. And Wild Strawberries, Ingmar Bergman's film, but he also, it says here, refused, refused nomination. Hmm. I've not seen that movie, but it's supposed to be very, very good, but it sounds really poignant and sad, so I never really can gear it's up to film. watching. It's very, it's, it was the first, it was the first Bergman film I ever watched. Because I was in I was in film school in London, and in a screenwriting class, our screenwriting teacher asked us if we've ever like I think she was Canadian or American or one of the one of those two, and, she, and apparently like like she says like okay who here has seen Bergman and like no one put our hands up and I was a bit embarrassed Ingrid. I just like I didn't put Ingrid, it was like no Ingmar Bergman and it was like oh come on guys you gotta watch your Bergman. <laughs> But does I love the, I love the sound of this uh, teacher? Um, yeah, she was. I would say I would say that um, uh, it should go to um, what did we just say? The four hundred blows. Yeah, yeah, four hundred blows. Either that or North by Northwest. No, four hundred blows all the way. Yeah. Next, so we're into the acting categories. So best supporting actress went to Shelley Winters for the diary of Anne Frank, which is a film I haven't seen yet. Uh, Hermione or human Hermione hero. Yeah. H E R. What? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm trying to, cause it's not, it's not Hermione. You're just saying Hermione over and over again. Are you in some Harry Potter? Like, no, it's like, 
It's not it's not spelt like as it is in Hermione in the book. It's H E R M I O N E. That is how oh, fuck it. Hermione, yes. Who who Hermione who? Hermione badly. Hermione badly what? Or room at the top. Just Hermione Hermione badly needed an Oscar, but she didn't get one. Um uh, so- uh, Imitation of Life, the Douglas Sirk film, uh, got two supporting actress nominations for Su- 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 Susanna Conner and uh, Juanita Moore. And mm. uh, Thelma, uh, Thelma, the, uh, Thelma Ritter got her fifth Oscar nomination for a Pillow Talk. Yeah, um, Thelma, Ritter, Thelma Ritter got so many nominations. She she used to hold these, um, she used to host parties on Oscar night, these like, loser, uh, losing parties, where she would, all her friends would come around and wait for her to inevitably not win the Oscar. Um, I just love Thelma Ritter. She should have won. Were we didn't we give her an Oscar for? Um, yeah, pick we up gave it South to Street? her for uh, pick up on South Street. Yeah, so in our alternative universe, she already has one. But um, yeah, I haven't seen the Diary of Anne Frank, so I can't sort of say if Shelley Winters deserved the the Oscar or not. But I feel like e- I think I Juanita Moore for Imitation of Life deserved it. I would. I I I, I trust your judgment on that. I can't really come up with a good alternative uh to tell you the truth um except i i do really enjoy jesse royce landis's performance as uh carrie grant's mum in uh, north by northwest but i don't think it's oh, quite yeah i don't think it's quite oscar worthy mm-hmm. um and then of course there is katherine hepburn in suddenly last summer oh she was nominated but for best actress oh i see um Okay, I'm happy to leave it with. Uh, I'm happy to leave it with um, with your Juanita Moore. Yeah. yeah. So, best supporting actor went to Hugh Griffith, who played the Sheik in uh, Ben Hur, in um, brown face because he's Welsh. Brown face. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yes. Arthur O'Connell and George C. Scott they were uh, Oscar nominated for Anatomy of a Murder. Robert Vaughan for the Young Philadelphians, which is a film with uh, a legal drama with uh, Paul Newman. And uh, Ed Wynn for The Diary of Anne Frank. Interesting, because there are so many people I would want to nominate here. So, first of all... Um... There's two from Westerns who I would kind of... Well, actually, three from Westerns I would kind of recommend. Uh, Dean Martin, Rio Bravo. Yes. Um, Anthony Quinn, Warlock. Yes, agreed. Yes. And maybe Burl Ives for Day of the Outlaw. It's like you read my fucking mind, and it's absolutely <laughs> those are exactly the names I was yeah. going to put forward. Um, I believe that you are correct in uh, in all of that, um, and um, I would throw in one extra name, which is Martin Landau for North by Northwest. Uh, yeah, or not James Mason. James Mason. No, I think Landau gives a more interesting performance. I haven't. It's been a while since I've seen North by Northwest. I need to like remind myself of that yeah he doesn't do that i mean it's, it's it's not like that big of a deal in the film but i do think it's i do think it's a very good um... yeah i do i i i just i remember i just remember james mason more maybe that's just because james mason is just well lives has a it has a great turn in um uh our man in havana as well um i still need to see that i would say i think my head says uh quinn but my heart kind of says dean martin mm. Because do you imagine Dean Martin getting a statuette for Best Supporting Actor? He would have got his little face. He would have been so happy. He would smile, smile, smile. Very good, Anders. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but Quinn is really probably better. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's a much more nuanced performance than Dean Martin's and Warlock. And yeah. there's just there's just a lot kind of going on more with Anthony Quinn's character. Again, there's a bit of a homoerotic subplot. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, he's he's infatuated with or in love with uh, Henry Fonda. Um, ah, yeah, I think we should probably give it to Anthony Quinn for Warlock. I haven't seen that in a very long time. Oh, terrific film. Yeah. Um, all right, next. Wait, who directed Warlock? Edward Dimitrik. Edward Dimitrik. Oh, he's a good director. So into the best character, uh, best actor and actress category. Best character should be a category. Um, yeah, <laughs> best actress. Yeah, that went to Simone uh, Sinoret, a French actress, and uh, and apparently Hedda Hopper was fuming that uh, the Academy gave it to uh, who she referred to, uh, you know, someone with leftist political views, and she said, <laughs> "I never minded when the Democrats won." But I drew the line when Simone Sinore hit the jackpot. I'm as broad-minded as anyone, but that was ridiculous. Let her decorate her mantle with Picasso doves and the like. I got so mad, I upped and resigned from the Academy. And apparently she did, that's this, again, that was the second time she had resigned from the Academy. What a fucking, like, it's like I love how, like, everything, she says everything you need to know about Hedda Hopper in that. It's like, what a, a person that you just... You could totally discount the opinions of him. There's the, the I just American conservatives at this time and at any time are just ridiculous, and that's yeah. I love that idea of being like let her decorate her mantelpiece with Picasso, like <laughs> so, it's like so, like stick in the muddy and sad and lame and boring and yeah. Oh, very yeah, very. That's, that's that's the words of a conservative right there. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, Simone Signore. Um, what film was that she won for? Uh, Room at the Top. It was a film with uh, Lawrence Harvey. Jack Clayton directed it. Oh, I'd love one to of see those that. uh kitchen sink dramas. It was on the Criterion channel last month, but it left at the end of February. Oh, bollocks. Well, it's it's kind of hard to think. I mean, you could throw in Elizabeth Turner or Catherine Hepburn for Suddenly Last Summer. Well, so, well um, I mean, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor, Taylor. Sorry, well, both Elizabeth Taylor and Catherine Hepburn were nominated for Suddenly Last Summer. Yeah. Um, and, and, then... appara- and apparently, um, uh, Tennessee Williams had this to say about um, Have you seen Suddenly Last Summer? Yes. Interesting film. Bit weird, but yeah. interesting. Yeah. Curious film. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best film that Joseph Mankiewicz has made, but it's it's interesting. I mean, he's, I mean, Tennessee Williams felt that Elizabeth Taylor was miscast. Then again, I haven't read the play or seen it on stage, so I don't really know. Um, he said, I think Liz would have dragged Sebastian. Sebastian is the character in the film whose death kind of haunts the whole movie. Yeah, uh, I think Liz would have dragged Sebastian home by his ears and so s- saved them from considerable embarrassment. Mm. And apparently Catherine Hepburn and uh, Jotham Mankiewicz did not get along. And um, yeah, apparently I, I think at the con- she spat in his face at the conclusion of shooting the film. Bloody hell, okay. Yeah, um, and uh, John Wayne had this to say about the, the film. Uh, he didn't... <laughs> uh, he uh, he said, I don't intend to see it. The subject matter is too distaste- distasteful to be put on a screen designed to entertain a family or any member of a decent family. I love that Hedda Hopper and John Wayne are getting their knickers in a twist about all these, like, 
subversive elements going on at the Oscars. Um, well, I mean, they were all about the Hays Code and uh, the well, blacklist and everything like that. But you yeah. kind of feel like the way that, I mean, if I was watching Anatomy of a Murder and, you know, they're throwing around the word rape and sex and everything like that. Like films were sort of going into different territories at this time. And, you know, by the yeah. end of, you know, about 10 years from now, from this point, you would get like Easy Rider and Bonnie and Clyde, like these really sub like subversive films of the Hollywood golden age and take it into something new. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, it, it does feel like they're completely just behind the times. Um, it doesn't solve our problem of what to do about the best actors. It sounds to me like Simone Signore deserved it. And I can't think of a better candidate. So maybe we should just like respectfully back away and go and watch Room at the Top. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Audrey Hepburn it was unfair to strip her of the award just because we haven't seen the film. Yeah, I would like to see the Nun story because that was uh, Audrey Hepburn was nominated for that film. Excuse me. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that either. It, it looks a bit like it looks like it might be a bit boring. It's a Fred, um, it's a Fred, uh, Fred Zinnemann film. You uh, you could throw in Eva Marie Saint for North by Northwest, but I think um, it sounds to me like she'd be hard pressed to knock uh, Cinere off the. Off the top spot, or I would say for um, for best actress, I would maybe throw in uh, Emmanuel Riva for uh, Hiroshima Monomore. Hmm. Okay, good names. Anyway, I think we should leave it where it is because yeah. um, just because it annoyed Hedda Hopper. So frankly, that's that's good enough reason for me. Yeah, it does best make actor. me want to see. It does make me want to see Room at the Top. Same best actor. Yeah, that went to uh, Chuck Heston. Yeah, he's not. Like good in in Ben. It's very, I was like, I was like because I was looking through all the Oscars that the film won, and I was like, he won. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> best actor to that guy. He's right. I mean, he's like physically, he's like, yeah, he's brawny. He looks like he's from that time. But in some of the more sort of like dramatic scenes, I didn't quite. I don't know. I didn't quite buy He's it. He's very wooden, is Charlton Heston, and that's part of his charm. But, um, yeah. Look, this is, I think, one of the biggest robberies in cinema history because it should have gone to Jack Lemmon. Yeah, exactly. And um, for some like it hot, who and he was nominated, but it's insane that he wasn't, um, that they didn't give it to Jack Lemmon. I would also say that... Um, uh, you could very easily have have given it to Jean-Pierre Leo for um, the 400 blows. And actually, maybe mm. the scale of his achievement is even more than Lemon's in Some Like It Hot. Yeah. So maybe we should give it to him. Two French actors winning the two acting categories. That would be cool. Yeah. And that you have any other thoughts? Yeah, I would have definitely yeah given it to him. Just, I mean, that was his first film. He was incredible in that film. Great. Yeah. Also, like, Paul Mooney was also nominated. This was, like, his first big film in, like, a really... I mean, this was, like, the first time he'd been nominated or been in a big movie in, like, a really long time. Okay. The, the um, last... The, called, the, the, the film was called The Last Angry Man. Well, we know that's not true. Um, do, you, uh, do you have uh, any other names that you would like to throw into the hat for Best Actor? I'm a bit surprised Tony Curtis wasn't nominated. He's nowhere near as good as Jack Lemmon. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like if you're, that would that would be insane to to. He's no, he he 
he Tony Curtis just Tony Curtis's his way through that film. Jack Lemon is the is the 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 propulsion of that movie, you know. Do you think um, Marilyn Monroe deserved an Oscar nomination for that film? Maybe, maybe, but probably not. I have to say. Um, so, yeah, um, I think it's. Uh, I think you could very, uh, yeah. very easily give it to Mr. Leo, uh, Jean Pierre Leo, uh, yeah. for Four Hundred Rose, which is in one of the most brilliant films of all time. I have a quote from actor Aldo Ray about Charlton Heston in regards to like the whole him winning the Oscar. And he was like, um, uh, he was, he said this to, uh, Luella Parsons. He said, I think the Academy Awards are ridiculous. This guy, Charlton Heston is a nice fellow, but what a homola. <laughs> um, do you know what? Right. Do you know what epic movie Charlton Heston nearly did after Ben Hur, but he decided not to do it because he had enough of epic movies. Spartacus. No, the Alamo. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah, it was either he was either up for like. Uh, Travis. It was either David Cro Crockett, Sam Houston, or Travis, one of those characters. Interesting. Um, uh, he he he. I think because at this point he was like a Democrat, and then he turned into a like a cold dead hand, you know, Republican. Yeah, no. Uh, Charlton Heston was at the March on Washington. Like he was a liberal at this point. Yeah, and then he like. I mean, he kind of after watching the Alamo, he sort of regretted not doing the movie. Hmm. I'm sure quite a few people uh, regretted doing the movie. Alamo turned him around. Yeah. And yeah. Like, who? Yeah. Who regrets not being in the Alamo? Like, he must be the only. <laughs> Uh, I really want to watch the Alamo again. It'd be really interesting for you to talk about. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, well, we could do that when you're over here. Um, yeah. Okay. Best director. Yeah. That went to uh, William Wyler for Ben-Hur. Now, William Wyler is an interesting director because he's also French originally. And um, Swiss, Swiss German. So French. <laughs> why, is he, why is he listed as Swiss? Where's he born? Look him up. Uh, he was uh, born to a Jewish family in Mulhouse, Alsace, then part of the Yeah, Germany. which is in France, so he's French. His Swiss-born father, Leopold, and uh, yeah, mother was, yeah, German-born. Okay, so he's kind of, he's a bit of a boy, but he directed some of the most, he directed some brilliant films. He directed The Best Years of Our Lives, he directed The Heiress, he directed Jezebel, Wuthering Heights, Roman um, Holiday. Roman Holiday. Like he's directed a lot of good movies. Well, he's won Best Director three times. Like him and Capra and John Ford, those are the directors that have won it the most. Really? But so they don't he doesn't he doesn't deserve it for Ben Hur. So here are my nominations, and you can come up with yours. So yeah. I would say Billy Wilder for Something yep. Like It Hot. I would say uh, Hitchcock for North by Northwest. Mm -hmm. I would say Bernard Wiki for The Bridge, the German war movie. I Ooh, would that's say on the Criterion Channel. I have that on my watch list. Oh, it's a great film. You should watch that tonight. It's so mm -hmm. good. Um, I would say, uh, um, I mean, just for me, I would say uh, Bud Bedeker for um, right I've learned some, but I appreciate that that's a bit of a niche. Um, you could throw in Yasujiro Ozu for Good Morning, which is a wonderful film. And um, Ozu but, is a filmmaker. I haven't watched any of his films yet. I'm embarrassed. What? You haven't seen Tokyo Story? I haven't seen any of his movies. Bloody hell. Tokyo Story is is like 
yeah genuinely one of the greatest films of all time um and i know i've said that twice in this episode but the reason i mean let's be honest it's trufo it's got to be trufo for best director mm. for the for the 400 blows yeah i mean that's a true i mean that's a one of the best you know directorial debuts of all time and it's one of the best movies of all time Exactly. So I, I mean, would say I, I don't know who the. Pro- I'd also I give know. it best picture. Now that we're now that we're talking about it, now that we're no, if, if we were going to lay all of our fucking cards on the table, I think it's the best movie of 1959. It's one of the best movies Vive of the stop. And I think yeah, we've we franchised the Oscars. Give it, give it, give it best director, best picture. Let it, let it, let it be at that. It would have been a real big fuck you to that guy, who I think because like Truffaut was part of Cahiers du Cinema and he was a critic before but turning into a filmmaker and he wrote a crit- he wrote a review of a movie that he didn't like and I think the director said if oh if you if you know a movie so well why don't you go and make one and that was the 400 blows yeah well I'm sure that guy must have felt really embarrassed after that yeah I think so um I I think it's I think it's the best film of the year so I think you should get best director and best picture and I think we should leave it at that true any other nominations for best picture that you could imagine maybe Anatomy of a Murder. But then again, I haven't... I've, that's the only other film I've seen. It's not going better than 400 Blows, though, is it? No, but I mean, may, that could have been a, a maybe. I don't know. I think North by Northwest, personally, is a, is a brilliant film, but but yeah. you know, well, um, it's a genre picture, so we know what Hollywood does with those. Um, well, there was another French film that came out at this time in this year, uh, Pickpocket by uh, Robert Bresson, that could oh, have... Oh, that's supposed to be very good. Oh, and there's, there's a... I mean, it's nowhere near as good as... Yeah. 100 blows. There's a very cool French film that comes out at this point called Two Men in Manhattan. Um, which is set heard of it. French people swanning around New York. Really, really cool movie. Um, but um, no one here is good as 400 blows, of course, which is amazing. So, should we just leave it there with the Oscars being yeah. rather French this year? Yes, very French. So it's like last time around we Japaneseified it, didn't we? And now we've now we've Frenchified it. Yes. Um, so great I'm happy with um, that so we'll get back in the time machine and come back to the present day and then we will do another one of these soon right yeah we should um, did we do the Oscars where we I don't think did we, did... we do you're the person who edits this show you're supposed, to have... you're supposed to know which ones we've done and which we haven't done okay um, I think we're going to go into the 90s because that's a very interesting uh, interesting period of Oscars okay. Yeah, we've done quite a lot of those. Which year yeah. are you looking at? Uh, the year when uh, English Patient won pretty big. Oh, we haven't looked at that. That was what, 96? Yeah, it was uh, na- It was March 24th, 1997. Recognising the films of 1996, which included Executive Decision. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that many films from 1996, but I'd be glad to give it a go. Yeah, well, that was the year when Francis McDormand won for Fargo. Yeah, that's very deserved. Yeah, um, and the English Patient won Best Director and Best Picture and all that stuff. Okay, which is also, I mean, which is uh, my favorite reaction of yours when you had seen it. It was like I've just seen the English Patient. So depressing. It's quite yeah. I don't know. I don't love the English Patient. Um, all right, I'm happy to do 1996. I guess. Yeah, so it's the 69th Academy Awards. All right, cool. Look, we'll come back and do that next time. Yeah. I will see you then. It's the year when the Independence Day came out, so that which is a classic piece of. Oh, this is going to be like, oh my god, this is going to be really unbearable, isn't it? Okay, well, uh, um, welcome uh, to Earth. Know.
I look forward to um, discussing that with you. All right. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can, well, I mean, yeah, if you've listened to all the episodes, yeah, we're still on the Twitter. We are on Instagram. We're both on Letterboxd. You can follow Letterboxd. us there. Check us yeah, out on Letterboxd. Um, I'll probably like tag in the, uh, I did like a sort of list of the films that we did Holmes Movies Recommends episodes for. So if you want to see what we sort of recommended to each other during the sort of early Lockdown. days of the pandemic. So you yeah. can check that out. Um, yeah, we also have a blog. You can check out that. Um, I posted something about Cocaine Bear. So you can check and check out and read that if you like. Great. Uh, see, that's enough. That's enough for them to, to have. That's enough material. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, tell your friends to listen to Home Movies because it's a great podcast. Um, yeah. And, and leave us a review. Like, do feel free. Uh, you know, I hate having to tell people to review stuff, but I guess that's how people get it. You yeah, know, so no. if, you, if you can be bothered to give us a five star review, do it. If you can't, yeah. don't. Right. And, do fo- and do follow and like our stuff on Twitter at Homes Movies Pod. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much. I've been Anders Holmes. I've been Adam Holmes. This was fun. This was really good fun. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.